Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Sartorial and Geek Podcast, where we talk about everything from bow ties, comics, and everything in between. I'm your host, Webster Stalin. I want to get right down to it. I have discovered Poshmark. Yes, I've discovered it. Just like Christopher Columbus discovered the new world, I've discovered Poshmark. Let me explain. I always love thrifting. Thrifting is an excellent way of increasing your wardrobe, diversifying your pieces, but not breaking the bank. But one of the problems with thrifting is that depending on how you're built, you're not always going to find your size. And you always may not find the quality of clothing you're looking for for the price that you want to pay. Um, I know personally I have a problem finding my exact size especially when you're talking about suits and blazers you know i am not one to do a large or medium because they never fit me right um no none of these items are tailored but a lot of times depending on the off the rack um, sizing as well as the manufacturer you can find a pretty decent jacket to fit you so i had always seen advertisements about poshmark But I always thought it was a site specifically servicing female apparel because every single advertisement that I've seen for Poshmark always depicts women and women fashion. I don't know why I decided to go on one day. I saw a couple of people that I follow, females, talking about some of the deals they got on Poshmark. I don't know why that prompted me to go in and look um, at the app, but I'm glad that I did. I was really amazed at the sheer quantity of items for men that were being sold on the site, but also just the quality of a lot of the items that were there. But also, I found a lot of items that I, I have bought and will buy that are of a quality that I'm looking for, but also for a price that I am very much willing to pay. Um, I am not trying to pay a whole lot because, you know, when you're an adult, you have responsibilities, households to take care of, people to take care of, all that good stuff. So spending five, six, seven hundred dollars on anything that isn't related to the household um, or day-to-day life is not exactly something that is something that's going to happen with me. So I was looking and I found automatically, I found a 100% wool navy blazer with the gold buttons for $10. I was like, click, bought. It was one of those instant buys that I cannot pass up. Um, I haven't had a wool navy blazer in some years. The one that I did own, the buttons had... Um, popped off and incidentally I actually purchased that one from eBay probably about 10 years ago for $10 Um, so it's kind of like things come full circle and it was actually more expensive to replace the buttons on that jacket than it would have been than I actually purchased a jacket for so it was one of those things where "Eh, I wasn't going to do it and then I have another one that my wife purchased for me from a thrift store but it was too large so it's kind of one of those things where it was just a little large so I wear it to work sometimes but considering it didn't fit me well it's not something I've worn in quite some time so seeing 
this blazer on Poshmark is something I've been looking for for a long time. So I purchased it. So I will recommend to you if you're out there and you haven't looked at it, look at Poshmark. Um, you may find some items there that are really things you've been looking for and you haven't been able to find anywhere else. I know I'm sold and I know that I will be purchasing again. There are two hard parts about really getting into fragrances. Well, actually it's three. Um, I would say the one I'm really not going to talk about is price and the money you spend, the money you can spend. That's up to you, but once you really get into it, some people don't know how to control themselves. But that's a topic for another time. What I want to talk about very briefly, two of the biggest, not so much issues, but sort of personal dilemmas that you find once you really start getting into fragrances and collecting fragrances. Um, the first one is deciding which ones to buy. Um, there are so many out there at varying price points. It's always hard, at least for me, to figure out which ones to buy. You know, some I'll buy just because, hey, this is pretty inexpensive. Let me look up, see what people talk about it real quick, even if it contains notes that I'm not necessarily used to or worn before just to try it out because I figure hey there's a couple bucks you know I'll spend this and blow this on fast food or whatever you know I will pick this up see what it's like if I don't like it then it doesn't necessarily isn't necessarily something that I'm going to regret regret purchasing um, so that's one. Or it could be something that, hey, I really like this and I only got it for a couple bucks. Who knew? The second one is once you start amassing a collection, deciding which one to wear on a daily basis. I mean, I don't have a large collection, but I heard someone equate fragrances like ties. You can never have just one and you always want one to fit the occasion and or mood and fragrances are very much the same way sometimes i will literally spend five to ten minutes just thinking about my day thinking about what i want to smell like but also one thing about fragrances fragrances can elicit moods as well um so what kind of mood do i want to project what kind of mood am i in so a lot of those things go into deciding which fragrance I might possibly wear in a given day. And from the collection of 20 or so that I may have right now, don't tell my wife, there are literally three that I always go to. One is number one, and that's going to be the signature poor home by Zahara. If you've seen any of my videos on YouTube, you can tell that the uh, 60 ml bottle that I have has gotten a lot of use uh, since I received it in May, either May or March. So I've gone through the bottle rather quickly compared to some of the bottles that I have in my collection. That is my top choice. That is such a old-time fragrance with a new cool new school spin in my opinion and it really just works regardless of time of year I, I really would say if you're going to pick seasons is definitely more of a spring summer fall fragrance but it works very well in the winter it's it cuts through the cold air very crisply and it's 
it's an invigorating scent, but a calming scent too with the lavender and the other essential oils that are there. Um, the other two that I'll group them together are from the Cremo Company, and that's the vanilla, vanilla, no, it's Spice and Black Vanilla, and the Bergamot and Musk. Now, I'll talk about the Bergamot and Musk first. I was really surprised at how much I liked it. I actually have the Blue Cedar fragrance, and I really liked that one. So I wasn't surprised that I liked the Bergamot and Musk, but I really... Um, really like it the the blast of bergamot the fresh christmas of it and then it dovetails into this ambery musk um it's just it's so nice it's so pleasing and it's such a great fragrance for the winter and for a fragrance that's only 23 bucks it is has surprising longevity and it's just of a surprising quality um the other one i'm going to talk about that I always have to think about if one way or not because it's something one of those ones I automatically reach for is the spice and black vanilla. This is one that I when I saw reviews online I was really enamored with it. Wanted to try it on again. The Crimco fragrance is only twenty three bucks. So you're not losing anything. It's twenty three bucks or hundred ML. I picked up vanilla and spice. Spice and black vanilla. I always say he's wrong. I absolutely love it it is such a sweet fragrance the spice the spice is just awesome and what it reminds me of and why i continuously wear it is a fragrance called jamaican um island musk it is actually a fragrance i purchased in jamaica over a decade ago on my honeymoon and i've tried to find it online and from what i understand is discontinued now it doesn't smell exactly like it but the spice notes in the opening just remind me of the spice and and kind of boozy rumness of that jamaican island musk and i love wearing it could take me back then and i still even though the bottle is 12 plus years old it's dried up i can still smell the fragrance on that atomizer of jamaican island musk so i can tell that there are some similarities so it just brings me sort of to a certain invigorating um mood uh, with having that fragrance on so those are the three fragrances the fragrances that i always want to reach for when I go and look to decide which one I want to wear. So more than likely, if you follow me on Instagram, you're going to see those three fragrances pop up probably more than a lot of the other ones. So yeah, what are your dilemmas or personal dilemmas when it comes to wearing a fragrance? And also what fragrance or fragrances do you always reach for regardless of the circumstance because one of the things i like specifically about zaharf is that it is great for any circumstance work play formal event it is awesome i would say probably the spice and black vanilla as well you can get away with that in multiple aspects as well with the bergamot and musk i am not sure um I could probably wear it up to a formal event, but that, that that one would not be my first choice or even second or third choice for wearing it for a formal event because I feel like it's more of a um, 
it gets fine for work, but I feel it's more of a, a personal, relaxing, even going out date night scent. Um, that all three of those are fragrances that my spouse really like. Um, she has made a specific point to say that she liked those, and she doesn't like a lot of fragrances. Um, so when she says she likes something, it's good. I don't know how many of you out there actually make up a list, but after you get a certain age and you settle down and you're with your significant other for many, many, many years, and you know you guys have kids, you have families, you know you get into a routine. Um, as an adult, you kind of get all the things or have all the things that you really want, and I'm not someone who's like, hey, buy me this hundred some dollar whatever for Christmas. I am I'm very simple, even keel, and my wife is that way too. And for the most part, a lot of my family members are. It's not that we have a lot of asks for Christmas, so it becomes increasingly difficult to try to find good gifts, not so much just an expensive gift, but something that someone needs and or will use in their daily lives because the worst thing you want to do is to buy someone a gift and it sits on a shelf or they never use it i know i hate getting gifts like that because i don't i like getting something that i can use on a day-to-day basis or something that um will benefit something that i have a passion in. those are the gifts i like those are the gifts that i want and i want to give someone a gift that does a similar thing for them it you know benefits their daily life it benefits their passions or something they're working or working on or trying to do um for themselves and those are the best gifts in my opinion because they're useful and practical so this year i was hounded because i really didn't want a lot or i don't want a lot so I scoured and tried to think, you know, what have I been looking at? What have I kind of had an inkling of, of wanting? Some things I had to look at and I found some really awesome things. Um, check out our Christmas gift guides on tech and fragrances. Um, some of those things are on my Christmas list. But one of the most interesting things that I've, I've been, quote unquote, lusting after over the past few months is a Nintendo DSi XL, which is really strange. And let me tell you why. For whatever reason, with the Switch and popularity of the Switch, I have gotten a renewed interest in handheld gaming. Now, mind you, I do not want a Switch. I personally cannot see paying $199 or $299 for a handheld gaming system to play probably a lot of the exact same games outside of the Nintendo-specific games that I'll play on my Xbox One. Not happening. But I've always been into retro gaming. And even on my phone, until recently, I had a couple of emulators with some ROMs that I've kind of been carrying around in my cloud for the past couple of years. So I stumbled upon the DS and just some of the homebrew and emulation options that are available. So I started looking and researching and Ultimately, I settled on the fact that I wanted a DSi XL. Um, there was drawbacks in that the Game Boy Advance slot was not on that one. So it was just DSi games, I mean DS games. But the DSi XL has a considerably larger screen than the DS Lite um, in the DS. 
and the DSi for that matter. It had, a, I think, a 4.5-inch screen um, play on both of the, the dual screens. And for the most part, looking around the Internet, I can get a DSi for 50 bucks. So I put that on my list. And my wife looked at it, and she's like, do you really want this? She was totally shocked and surprised because it's not something I really talk about. And also, I don't game on the go like that probably because I don't have a dedicated gaming system and I haven't had actually I've only had one dedicated handheld gaming system and that was I purchased back in grad school a Neo Geo Pocket Color and I love that system I ended up uh, giving it away to a little little boy that was in my life at the time a family friend uh, and I don't get giving it to him, but I wish I still had it because it was a really awesome system. And I had two games with it. I had Sonic, um, whatever it was for the Neo Geo Pocket Color and the Neo Geo to me, SNK versus Capcom uh, Pocket version. And I love those games and I play them all the time. And mind you, I was a grown ass man at that point in time. So I never had a Game Boy, never had a Game Gear, even though that was around my era. It's one of those things I never really wanted, um, nor that I ever really asked for. So it was such a shock. And it's one of those things with the DSi, I'm looking for, you know, maybe commuting, playing, doing those times. But also with, if you've seen the site and the stories over the past couple of years, just the sort of traveling for work that I'm going to have to do. A lot of times I don't want to be plugged into a movie. Sometimes I want a different sort of distraction or entertainment while I'm on a plane, while I'm on a bus and something like that, I think could be a perfect resource for me in entertainment um, while I'm on those excursions for work between the time of getting from place to place. So I think it could be a really awesome thing. I hope it's um, in one of those boxes that are downstairs. If not, I I actually plan on purchasing one for myself. And for the majority of games are very inexpensive. And then there are also some great inexpensive emulation tools there as well. So yes, I have, for whatever reason, become enamored with the Nintendo DSi XL. And I hope to... Uh, purchase one soon and with that I also hope to uh, get some other retro gaming uh, systems in my collection so I don't know maybe it's more nostalgia maybe because I'm getting um, of a certain age and with the trappings of adulthood you want to go back to a simpler time when you didn't have the responsibilities and I think for a lot of us these video games tend to represent that for us a simpler time a time where you could just be a kid and not worry about anything else so we'll see what happens but yep the nintendo dsi xl it's what i'm zeroing on was what i'm targeting and that's what's on my christmas list what's on yours and this has been the sartorial geek podcast where we talk about bow ties comics and everything in between i've been your host webster style you can find us at WebsterStyle.com. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at WebsterStyle. And also, you can find us at Sartorial and Geek as well on Instagram and SartorialandGeek.com. Feel free to drop us a line, like a post, just communicate and share with us your passions that are sartorial